I'm a desperate man Send lawyers, guns and money This shit has hit the fan Welcome everybody to episode 625 of the Handgun World Podcast. I'm Bob Main. I'm your host. I'm just your everyday guy, kind of like your next door neighbor, talking about guns. I'm not an industry expert. I'm not a gun writer. I'm not a fancy gunsmith, anything like that. Just an everyday dude. And my goal is to get you motivated not only to conceal carry, but to give you some tips every week. When I do this show and uh, occasionally interviews and things like that. Please remember this is a listener supported show, which I'll be talking about a little later. The introduction music and the outgoing music by the great Warren Zevon. Called Lawyers, Guns and Money. So I want to spend some time in this episode talking about how to modify your handgun and if you should modify your handgun, what modifications you should make and when you should make them. Now, this is all opinion. It's my opinion. It's based on 16 years of concealed carry and shooting. I started this, what am I saying? 18 years. I started back in 2005. So I've been, you know, doing this 18 years, um, I still have a lot to learn when it comes to the art of concealed carry, shooting a handgun, and all of that that goes with it. As a matter of fact, I was uh, talking with my wife yesterday about some training that I need to start taking again. And it's been a while since I've been to a training class. And when I decide which class, probably I'm going to take two or three this year. When I decide which class, I'll be telling you about it. There's one big one that I'm really strongly considering going to take because it's only a couple of hours from my home. So let's get right into it. Modifying a handgun. You know, it's a lot of people say it's a controversial subject. And I don't shy away from controversial subjects. I think it is and it isn't. And here's what I mean by that. First of all, let me just say this. If you can buy a gun that already has all the modifications that you want, that's the way to go. Because you can buy it that way. It's out of the box straight from the manufacturer. And that gives you a huge advantage in many ways. I spent a lot of money modifying two Glock 19s, a Gen 3 Glock 19 and a Gen 4 Glock 19. And I'm going to talk about that coming up, about how much money I spent and what I did to them. But now I've completely switched over to Shadow Systems pistols because they're a Glock and they don't feel like a Glock. That's what's really cool. They're a Glock and they don't feel like a Glock. And they're far less money than what I spent on each one of my Glock 19s. I'll give you an example. I just recently got what I believe is going to be my newest everyday carry gun, and that is the Shadow System CR920 Elite. Shadow System CR920 Elite. I like Shadow Systems for several reasons. This is not a commercial, 
for them. I'm not sponsored for, for them. They're not giving me any money. I have four of their pistols that I used my own money to pay for. So this is not a Shadow Systems commercial. This is just to make a point of what I'm talking about. There's a lot of good guns out there with good modifications that have already been made to them. I'll give you one good example. The new Shield Plus. The new Shield Plus has a fantastic trigger out of the box. It's a nice flat-faced trigger. Excellent trigger. Probably the, one of the best triggers you can buy on an out-of-the-box handgun right now. Although this CR920 has got a pretty nice trigger on it, I tell you. Uh, I've been dry firing since I got this about a week ago. Haven't handed out to the range yet. Haven't even broken it in. Haven't given it the Bob Main thousand round trigger job, which I'll be talking about again. I've talked about that several times, but I think it's important to repeat. I haven't done any of that, but just dry fire practicing. And I tell you what, we all should be dry fire practicing. That's important. Anyway, it's a nice trigger. So here's why I think you should look for a handgun that has all the modifications that you want straight from the manufacturer. First of all, sometimes we compromise the reliability if we modify too much. There was one point where I had too many modifications internally on my third gen Glock 19. I changed out some springs I probably shouldn't have changed out and kind of messed with that and it was not quite as reliable so I put all the factory stuff back into it what I did do is I put a three and a half pound Glock connector three and a half pound trigger connector from Glock so that it was a Glock part not something that I bought aftermarket and then the reliability came right back it was incredibly reliable as Glocks should be not just Glocks any pistol uh, man, 1911 shooters are really guilty of this a lot. I see a lot of them that really have modified their 1911. I mean, so much to the point where they've replaced half the parts in the whole gun. I had a friend of mine that I used to shoot with that did that. He bought a really nice, high-grade, super reliable 1911, and then he messed with it so much, it became an unreliable piece of junk. And again, it was reliable out of the box. It was really good out of the box. It was a great 1911. I had a chance to shoot it a lot, and it was really good until he started messing with it. Now, let's get into the 1,000-round trigger job I want to talk about. Trigger jobs seem to be the first and most popular modification that people like to make. And... I spent a lot of money on that too. I upgraded the trigger on my M&P 2.0. I upgraded the trigger on both of my Glock 19s. I did it on a Glock 34. I even did it on a 1911 I used to own a long time ago. I wanted to have a three-pound trigger on the thing. So I got a three-pound trigger on it, and it was only good for competition. It's not a pistol I would have ever carried. I don't think you need to spend all that money right away. I just don't. I think you're better off giving your gun the thousand round trigger job before you replace any parts. That means shoot your gun a thousand rounds before replacing any parts. Why? 
I say do that. Shoot it a thousand rounds before you replace any trigger parts. There's several reasons. You need the trigger job just as much as the gun. Okay? You, you follow me? Now, here's where some of you might disagree with me. But, again, 18 years of experience I'm putting into this. You might need the trigger job more than the gun. You need that practice. You need that thousand rounds. And also, in the, after you shoot your gun a thousand rounds, your trigger is going to be better. The factory trigger on your gun is probably going to be better after a thousand rounds, even if you have a revolver. This goes for revolvers or semi-automatics. That trigger is going to get better. It's going to get broken in. The parts are going to wear in. They're going to smooth out. It's going to be a better trigger after you shoot it a thousand rounds. You are going to be a better shooter after you shoot it 1,000 rounds. That's what I mean when I say you also need the trigger job. That trigger job is for you. That 1,000 rounds is for you to get better. The best thing you can do when you're giving your gun the 1,000 rounds trigger job and you're, you're shooting it that much, go to a class. Go to a two-day class, for example. You'll probably shoot between six and 700 rounds, and there you go. You're almost, you've almost given it a 1,000-round trigger job, and you've improved your skills because if you go to a good class, you're going to learn something. Somebody emailed me recently, and they asked me, Bob, what class do you recommend? And I said, you know, any of the top trainers out there, the, the top name trainers, and all you got to do is do a search on YouTube or Google, or I'll mention some right now. But even some of your local trainers, they put on good classes. Almost all shooting ranges advertise classes. And sometimes they're only a four-hour or five-hour class. You can probably get something out of that. You're not going to pay much for a four-hour class. And that's the good thing. You're not going to pay much, but I'll bet you're going to be able to become a better shooter because you're probably going to learn one or two things, at least one or two things, that will make you a better shooter. It's really hard for me to recommend. Here's what I will say. Here are the instructors that I have taken classes from, and these are the ones that I, I don't think you can go wrong with. And there's some others I'm going to mention that have great reputations. And most of them are probably not local to you. I have trained extensively with Suarez International. I've never had a chance to train with Gabe Suarez himself. But I've been to several Suarez instructor classes. I mean classes taught by Suarez International instructors, certified instructors. They're all good. Uh, you have to be to become a Suarez instructor. I've taken a Tom Givens class. I've taken Tom Givens uh, combat pistol class. Pretty sure that's what he called it. I've taken two classes with Masada Yub. And I'd recommend that any of the Masada Yub instructors, certified instructors, uh, would be good. Uh, Tom Givens at Range Master, he certifies instructors. Any of those instructors are probably going to be pretty darn good because uh, they go through pretty rigorous certification. Uh, I've trained under all of those. The Sig Sauer Academy, I've never been there. But I would say there's a 90% chance you're going to 
get an excellent class if you go to the Sig Sauer Academy. I can highly recommend Carl Wren at KR Training. I have been to his facility in Central Texas. I've taken several of Carl's classes. They are top-notch. I've taken three of his classes, actually, and I might be taking a fourth and a fifth class this year. So KR Training, Carl Wren. Carl's been a guest host on this podcast. I think I need to get him back on, at least for an interview. I'm making a note to myself right now. How many of you do this? <laughs> How many of you make self make notes to yourself, right? Um, it's It's easy to whip out your phone, your smartphone, and Put a note in your smartphone to do something. So I think I'm probably going to uh, be doing that. So Carl Wren at KR Training, he's awesome. He's got his staff instructors there that are really good. So do the thousand round trigger job first. Now let's get into modifications. I'm a big believer in grip modifications. I like texturing on a grip, on the grip. I don't like too much texturing on the grip. My MMP 2.0 had too much texturing, too aggressive. The Sig Sauer guns, the Shadow Systems guns, the Ruger guns, the Smith & Wesson guns, now the new version, seem to have ideal texturing. One thing I like about the texture on this CR920 by Shadow Systems, it's very well done. Very well done, very well thought out. And the best thing about it is, in the front of the frame, it's got what I call gas pedals or thumb pads or whatever you want to call it. But there's real good texturing and a little ledge built in to the thumb pad where my, where my thumb rests in my thumb's forward grip. Uh, and it's on both sides of the gun. So if you're right-handed or left-handed, it's there. That helps control recoil, helps control the gun, helps keep the gun from moving while shooting. That's a very important feature. And a lot of guns don't have that, and they should. A lot of guns don't have that, and I think that they should. The other modification that I'm big on is magazine extensions, but you got to be careful. If you're going to do magazine extensions, you got to make sure that you get good quality. Uh, there's a lot of different type out there, but make sure that you get good quality, not cheap ones. And make sure that you have the proper springs in your magazine if you use a magazine extension. Because oftentimes if you use the factory magazine spring and you put an extension on it, now you're extending the, or the spring inside. You're also stretching the spring inside and it may not have enough tension to run the gun and cycle the gun and and push the rounds the the bullets up into where they're supposed to be in the handgun so beware of that okay i've kind of changed my mind on modifying magazine releases uh today's guns typically already have good magazine releases the only magazine release that i did not like on a pistol that i've owned is on my third gen glock 19 i think the third gen glock mag releases are not very good i think they're too stiff too small but today's guns they're building mag releases that 
are big, they're wide, they're easy to eject the magazine, they're easy. The important thing that you need to make sure on your handgun is that you can eject the magazine without changing your grip very much. Now on this, I'm, I have my CR920 in my hand right now and I'm demonstrating it to myself while I'm talking to you. And I have to move my fingers out of the way because my fingers are so long. I got to move my middle finger out of the way. And I also have to move, I have to open up my hand a little bit on the gun to eject the magazine. That's typical of small guns. That's typical of small guns. The SIG, the, new, the small SIG guns, especially the 365 SIGs, the P365s, their magazine release is great. That's very well designed magazine release. Easy. I can I can press that one. I can eject a magazine on that one without having to change my grip. So kudos to SIG for that. But that, that's a popular modification, but I kind of shy away from that. Um, sights. Sights are typically a modification. Now, some guns have real good sights out of the box. My Shadow System CR920 has fantastic sh uh, sights out of the box. Fantastic sights, straight out of the box. The Some of the Shield Plus have real good sights out of the box, and some don't. I don't like the standard three-dot white outline sights that come on most of the M&P pistols. If I was going to get a Shield Plus, I would get the version that has, uh, I believe, the Ameriglow night sights. And then I wouldn't have to upgrade them. Again, I'm a big believer in buying a gun that has as many upgrades out of the box as you need. That's one thing I like about the P365. There's nothing that I have to do to a P365. I can shoot it just the way it is out of the box. Now, all I did was buy a Wilson Combat Grip Module. And, you know, the SIGs are one of the few guns where you can do that. You can buy, in fact, they might be right now the only gun on the market where you can buy a new grip module. And there's nothing wrong with the SIG grip module, but my hands are just too big for it. The Wilson Combat Grip Module makes it bigger so I can grab onto the gun a little bit easier now some people will just put on talon grips or they'll put on um, you know grips that are just like a sleeve a grip sleeve that goes on it and things like that and that that's fine that's not going to compromise the um, reliability of your gun framework is probably not going to compromise reliability in other words what i'm talking about is making modifications to the frame of the pistol that's probably going to be okay i don't think that you're going to compromise reliability when you start messing with the springs and the trigger that's where you can mess up reliability so be careful with that um you know grips grips that have beaver tails on them like for example one thing i like about the wilson combat grip module on my p365 it's got a larger beaver tail. It's got a larger... The, for those of you who don't know, the beaver tail is the part where the, um, where the web of your hand stops just before it hits the slide. And uh, it looks like this little beaver tail that extends from the grip of the gun. 
Shadow Systems well designed that. So did SIG. But more importantly, the Wilson Combat Modules for the SIGs and even the Icarus Precision, the Mischief Machine Grip Modules, the Boresight Solutions Grip Modules. Uh, they all do a real good job of making that grip fill up your hand. And, you know, that's, uh, that's a big deal. Also, if you're going to put a magazine extension, by the way, I forgot to mention, um, make sure it's textured the same as the grip. Now, texturing is one of those things that if you're doing it yourself and you know what you're doing, okay, I would take it to somebody. If it's me, I wouldn't mess around with getting out tools and a soldering gun and stuff like that and texturing my own grip. I, I just, I wouldn't do that. I'm not very good at that. So, I would leave it alone. But at least texture, make sure you put texture on your magazine extensions, especially if they're there to help you get a better grip on the pistol. Now, let me shift gears a little bit and say something else about modifying your handgun. If it's the gun you carry most of the time, and the gun that you're most likely to use for self-defense, a lot of people say, don't modify anything except maybe the sights, because they say it's a liability issue. And what they mean is that it's a liability issue because if you change the gun and create a gun that's different than what the manufacturer intended it to be, then you modified your gun and you made it more dangerous or you made it more lethal um, and it'll be used against you in court. That's the prevailing argument out there. I'm not sure if I 100% buy into that. In fact, I don't 100% buy into it because I think if you're justified in using your gun, you're justified in using your gun. If you know the rules of engagement, you do it properly, and you use your gun to stop the threat and nothing more, and you, ha and you can articulate why you did it, and you know the case, you know why you did it, and you know it was the only thing that you had left to do, you had no other choice, that you exhausted all of your other options, and that you were about to die or, or suffer great bodily harm if you did not use your gun to save your life, I think in, in the legal system, you're probably going to be okay. I do understand not giving the opposing lawyers any ammunition, pun intended, <laughs> to use against you. But if it's a good shoot, a justified shoot, I, th I think you're going to be okay. But lightening up a trigger, for example, if you severely lighten a trigger and alter it from its factory pull weight, that might be a problem. That might be a problem. So buy a gun with a trigger that you like right out of the box. Because then it's not your fault. It's not anything you did. You didn't do anything to modify the gun. You bought it that way. The manufacturer makes it that way. So let the manufacturer take the responsibility for how the gun was made and what the trigger is like. I'm a big believer in that. Now, if you have a range toy or you got a competition gun or something like that, uh, fine. Modify the trigger all you want. But I don't generally carry guns with modified triggers. By the time I shoot the pistols about 5,000 rounds, the trigger is 
just the way I want it anyway because I've become used to it after that many rounds and that much shooting and it's broken in and it's typically on my pistols once I've shot them <laughs> four or five thousand rounds those triggers are smoothed in and they're great now putting a, a light on your gun I think that's great if you know how to use it putting that on there is fine obviously putting an optic on your gun that's great I think that's a smart idea, putting an optic on your gun. If you know how to use it and you've trained yourself and it really helps you, I still have all my guns right now are iron-sided pistols. Uh, and that's the other thing. I look for guns today that have good iron sights out of the box. I'm a big believer in that. Even the new Glocks, the new Glock Gen 5s, the Gen 5s, you can buy them with the Ameriglow night sights, and those are pretty good sights. That's what I would do if I was going to buy a new Glock today, is I'd get one with the Ameriglow sights. Now, some modifications I would probably not do is I wouldn't put anything on my gun that suggests anything like I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't put a skull on my gun. I wouldn't put a. I wouldn't put a back plate with a skull on it, or I wouldn't put any kind of Punisher type stuff, logos, or anything on my gun. Or I wouldn't buy a. A barrel that you know that might have some kind of a, a logo on it that some people might find uh, objectionable why why would I want to do something like that um, most factory guns have barrels better than than I can shoot anyway I can't shoot better than some of these guns most in fact every gun I own I can't shoot better than the gun if I were to bench rest this gun and fire it off of a bench rest and test the accuracy of it, it's going to be better than what I can do offhand. So why do I want to be buying guns or making slide modifications that have, you know, logos on there that might raise a question in case I have to use my gun? I'm, I'm all about not raising a lot of questions. Uh, the fact that I used it as a tool to defend myself, and I was justified in doing that. That's enough, just right there. That's enough. I don't need to be adding things that um, that are going to later get me in trouble when it comes to logos and things like that, or engraving and stuff that really doesn't need to be on there, in my opinion. Unless you want to have a, a cool-looking range toy or a cool-looking gun that you can go and shoot with your friends and talk about how great it is and how cool it looks and all the things that you did to it. Okay, in closing, I'm about to wrap this up soon. I just want to say, just please be careful not to compromise the reliability. Reliability in a defensive gun is everything. Ladies and gentlemen, reliability is everything. I think, in fact, it's the only thing because what good is your gun if it's not reliable? If it's not a reliable gun, what good is it? You know, you just it's something that you just can't afford to do. I can't stand unreliable pistols. I, I just can't. I don't I would not keep an unreliable pistol. I just wouldn't. And uh, I don't know why you would either. Something else I just realized I forgot to mention, especially for Glock owners. For Glock owners, 
the the two Glock 19s that I have, I, I undercut the trigger guard. I undercut. In other words, I, I had somebody basically remove some of the material at the back of the trigger guard where my middle finger uh, hits the trigger guard. And that's typical because Glocks have a, a terrible style trigger guard that gets that gives you it, it, can, it can be painful after you've shot your gun a lot okay and it also uh, by undercutting that trigger guard it helps you get a real nice high grip high controllable grip on the gun and that's important and I'm a big fan of that it doesn't compromise reliability unfortunately just the way Glocks are built the way their grips are it's one of the reasons why people don't like those grips but they can be easily modified. And when you do things like removing the finger grooves on a Glock, for, for a lot of people, it's more comfortable for a lot of people. I happen to like the finger grooves on the Gen 3 and Gen 4 Glocks. They fit me. They fit my hand. They fit my fingers, especially on the Glock 19, third gen Glock 19. It fits. fits my hand. So I'm okay with it. The Glock 43X... Wow, what a nice grip that is. For those of you who have a Glock 43X, that's a fantastic grip. No finger grooves, just the perfect amount of texture, the perfect length of the grip. I mean, that's just, that's great. I mean, you know, and there's another pistol that doesn't, that it needs no modification except for better sights. And you can buy the Glock 43X with real good sights. Then you don't have to do anything to it. And if you buy the MOS version, all you got to do is drop a, a red dot on it or a green dot just drop an optic on it and you're good to go same with the M&P shield plus their grips their grips are pretty good you don't have to do much you don't have to do anything to that gun you don't have to I, I'll bet there's not very many people listening to this podcast right now that would need to modify a shield plus a Smith & Wesson M&P shield plus because the trigger is great all you got to do is just put an optic on it if you're an optic kind of person. Or just shoot it as an iron sight gun. Get the version that has better sights than those old 1970 style Novak 3 dot white dot sights. I don't like those. It kind of, it's a throwback to the 70s, remember? That, I mean, that's it. <laughs> Sorry, Smith & Wesson owners. I just don't care for the, the 3 dot white sights that come... Uh, stock on those pistols but you can get versions with i think either ameriglow or trigicon night sights on them and by the way getting back to grip modifications for a minute i wouldn't worry about a grip modification causing you any um, liability issues i mean it's easy to argue that you modified the grip so that the gun sits more comfortable in your hand and you can control the gun better and because you can control the gun better you have a better chance of making sure that your bullets go where they're supposed to go and not somewhere else and hit an innocent bystander that you have better control over the gun. All right, having better control over the gun is very difficult probably for somebody to argue. And it's just a grip change. It's not a trigger change. It's not a barrel change or anything like that. Okay, so what are your thoughts on modifying handguns i'd like to hear about it you can email me handgunworld at gmail.com and by the way remember this is completely a listener supported show so if 
you like this show, if I help you in any way, if it's something that you benefit from, would you consider please supporting me? You can support me financially for as little as $3 a month. $3 a month. Think about how small that is. You know, a lot of us pay 3 bucks for a cup of coffee if we're out somewhere. There's a lot of things that we blow $3 on. How about, how about supporting? And by the way, if you become a Patreon member, if you become a Patreon supporter of mine for 3 bucks a month, you get a, access to tons and tons of material customized. By the way, you can also sign up for my free article that I wrote on concealed carry. Um, it's a lengthy article. You can get it for free. Go to handgunworld.com. There is a section on my webpage where it says get my free guide, my free concealed carry guide. Just get signed up right there and you'll get a copy of my article. You can sign up also for email updates so that you can get uh, notified every time I put out a new episode or every time there's a special announcement that I want to make about my show. Concealment Solutions, who used to be a sponsor, on May 31st is going to give away a new EDC Python gun belt and a holster of your choice from their website. So you got to be signed up on email updates. You got to be signed up on email updates because I'm going to be doing the drawing, random drawing, from those people who are signed up. All right, I'm going to give away a holster and an EDC Python gun belt by Concealment Solutions. So get signed up, either email updates or if you... Uh, sign up for getting my free article, you will have a chance to win those. Concealment Solutions is uh, great stuff. I've been using them for years and years and years. Can't say enough about it. Good things. Good things about it from my personal usage and my interactions with uh, Jason, the owner of the company. Just top-notch, first-class guy. Also, you can click on one of the products in my Amazon store. You don't have to buy that product, but if you click on one of those and do your Amazon shopping, that'll help support the show and you don't have to spend any extra money. And I'd like to get a review on this show. That's free. If any of you use iTunes or Apple Podcasts, for example, to listen to this, how about putting a review on there or any kind of a podcast app? Many of them give you a chance to Give me a review. I'd like to hear what you have to say, good or bad. I don't care. All right, that's it. Um, what do you think? So send me an email. Put a comment on Facebook. Send me a voicemail, 210-646-1727 with your comments. And remember, the loudest sound that a shooter hears is a bang when he's expecting a click. Or a click when he's expecting a bang. Shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day. And I'll talk to you again next time. Thanks. I'm hiding in Honduras. I'm a desperate man. Send lawyers, guns, and money. Your shit has hit the fan.